it felt like they were changing it every single day, every morning during tax tax season, our busiest time, we were glued to the to the TV and the news articles and everything, trying to see what changed that morning so we could kind of advise people as we as we went. You're listening to the Small Business Mastermind, a podcast created to help small businesses juggle business, finance, health, and wellness. I'm your host, Morgan Berna. The Small Business Mastermind is brought to you by Olympia Benefits. If you're looking to reduce your healthcare costs, visit olympiabenefits.com. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Small Business Mastermind. Today, we have Curtis Gabinet and Matthew Peterson back on from True North Accounting. They're going to be talking to us about Canada's COVID-19 economic response plan and the programs that fall within it. Specifically, we'll be talking about the Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy, the Canada Emergency Business Account, and the Canada Emergency Response Benefit. As well, we'll be talking about ways to support your local economy. This episode has a ton of great information in it for small businesses, so let's jump right in. Curtis Gabinet joined the True North Accounting team in 2016 and became a partner just two years later. Curtis connects with people naturally and enjoys building relationships with clients. He's always quick to respond and has a sincere desire to help people. He's a chartered professional accountant and has a strong background in small business accounting and tax. Curtis will fight the CRA for you and will work all night to make sure deadlines are met. He's patient and happy to explain things to clients several times, making sure no one leaves his office confused. He's even known for coming up with ridiculous analogies to help. He genuinely cares about your success and is here to work beside you every step of the way. Curtis is available anytime by phone or email to help you find solutions to problems big or small. Matt Peterson loves business and sees small business owners as the backbone of Canadian society. He earned his chartered accountant and his chartered business valuator designations with PricewaterhouseCoopers in Canada between 2019 and 2014. He is passionate about business and wants to help small business owners achieve their goals. All right, so we are back at the Small Business Mastermind, and this is an exciting episode because it's actually our first time with some return guests. Uh, we've got Curtis Gabinet and Matthew Peterson back again from True North Accounting. How are you doing? Thanks for having us, Morgan. Thanks yeah, so thanks. much for being here. So we're talking today about four different financial options the government released during COVID-19, where we're at right now, and what the impacts are going to be. We're going to start off with Canada's COVID-19 Economic Response Plan. So why was this created and how long in the future is it currently going for? Trudeau created this whole strategy right when when COVID-19 was changing everything and really at a scary point back in March. And the idea was to support people who had to shut down their business based on a government-mandated yeah, ruling. So a lot of businesses completely shut down, a lot really scaled back. And um, yeah, there's just a lot of people in a tough spot and needed to keep paying the bills. The The last thing the government wanted was for payments and the economy just to grind to a halt. So for example, if you're a small business owner and you have your payables due every month, it, it was very tempting to be like, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not going to pay any of these bills. And then cash just would have stopped altogether. Like if, if I stopped paying my bills and then those, like those vendors 
didn't get the cash from me and other people did the same thing, then they stopped paying their vendors and it's just a chain reaction and the whole, the whole system, the way we know it would have just, it would have been really bad. So the idea was to inject cash into the economy and get people spending as, as normal as they normally would. Um, and the government of Canada can borrow at some of the most attractive interest rates on like on earth, really, like they can borrow for next to nothing. So yeah, they're going into a huge deficit, but at the same time they were getting this capital cheap, injecting it right back into the economy and trying to prevent like the hoarding and the, the fear and just all those factors that could come together and grind everything to a halt. So this is really at an expensive, but it, they, they actually worked quite fast to get these, like the, the CERB payments, like that 2000 bucks a month, they got that going right away as soon as you applied. And the wage subsidy took a little bit longer. And then the C by the $40,000 loan took a little bit longer. But as, yeah, as the weeks wore on in March and then into April, uh, they just kept assessing the need. And yeah, the result was that I don't think Trudeau could have spent money any faster than he actually did. But it, it was really... a uh, it, it was needed. It was uncertain times. And so there's a, a whole list of these programs now to help help the economy stay taken along. Absolutely. Curtis, did you have anything to add to that? Uh, they, yeah, obviously they, yeah, they had to do, they had to do something. Um, and I've, I've spoken with quite a few people where it's kind of the consensus that I really don't envy. Um, just picture the, the group of people around the table trying to sit down and hammer some of these programs out and the details and how quickly they had to do it. I really don't envy being in those positions because they had to they had to come up with some some significant um, <laughs> releases to get the get the get the funds into the economy get these programs out they knew there was going to be people potentially um even fraudulently taking taking some of the funds the serbs one they've they've talked about recently but um no they did i guess they did a a pretty good job of putting them together quickly and then obviously reassessing them as they went and making tweaks and changes. And at some points it was, it, it felt like they were changing it every single day, every morning we, um, during, during tax tax season, our busiest time, we were, um, glued to the, to the TV and the news articles and everything, trying to see what changed, um, that morning. So we could kind of advise people as we, as we went. That must've been a very crazy time for you guys. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was an at with the extension to tax season, all these programs coming out. It was, uh, it was a lot, a lot of accountants. Uh, I'm sure they had fun with it for sure. Mm-hmm. And before we jump into some more information on the programs, do you feel like there's anything that was a major gap in the plan? And if so, do you have any resources you suggest for people outside of um, the other three we're going to talk about today? There, there was some gaps initially, like as we just mentioned, they, they put them out so quickly, there was almost bound to be there's bound to be something missing, somebody forgotten, right? And I think initially they just, they put them out as quickly and all encompassing as they could, as they tried to, but um, obviously everybody didn't meet 
every piece of criteria for every single program. So um, a lot of people that didn't have a payroll account, small businesses that were drawing dividends as their form of income as opposed to paying a wage, um, those people seem to be missed entirely right off the get-go. Um, the CERB, uh, initially dividend income, if you were drawing dividends out of your own corporation, your own small business, you weren't even included in the in the CERB until they obviously must have had quite a bit of backlash and they, they uh, made a change to that program pretty quickly. But yeah, divi- people that were paying themselves dividends, um, there's still some people like... Uh, Rent, rent relief, people that are renting right now um, just aren't a homeowner and are renting currently. There's, there hasn't been any really relief for, um, for rent on a, on a residential basis. They've, they've started to roll out some commercial ones, but Matt, do you want to? So everything was changing so quickly and they're putting together these, these relief packages and they were very, um, limited to start and then they would expand it as they realized oh this doesn't apply to this whole population or segment of Canadians and so then they'd adjust the rules and that's part of what kept us so busy in in March and April is we like we have webinars going and we've had this COVID page on our website that is so we've been we're updating it like twice a week, three times a week for about nine, 10 weeks there as these programs would just change as the government realized, oh, we're leaving out this whole section of people. In addition to people that just paid themselves dividends, like a very attractive business model is one where you only hire contractors. So there's a lot of like landscaping companies and in, in every type of business, really. Um, like gyms, for example, all their personal trainers are, uh, they're all self-employed contractors. And then if the owner also paid himself dividends, yeah, they kind of fell right through the cracks. And then, yeah, the, the tenants, I'd argue if their landlord didn't give them a break, even though they were getting a break on their mortgage, like that's, that mortgage deferral was, should have helped a lot of renters. Um, but yeah, you, you never, you can't control what your landlord kind of um, passes through to you. But yeah, so there, there still is people like if you started a company in the last year and you're just, you're growing. And so your revenue, if you had no revenue a year ago, or even though you took a big step back from your projections, you didn't see a, a 15 or a 30% or even a 70% decline because you're, you were so new. There's some of those folks that are in a in a hard spot too. So yeah, they, but yeah. the government's done a good job to kind of plug all the gaps as they as they expand the programs and as we get deeper into the pandemic. So let's start talking then specifically about the programs that we do have. So let's start with the Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy. So what makes an eligible a business eligible for this? And briefly, what is it? Okay, I can take this one. So this is for the the intent of this program is to keep payroll people on payroll, keep those paychecks coming in. The the withholding tax on paychecks is the main revenue source for the government. 
So when you get your paycheck and like it should be four grand, but you only get three grand in your bank every month, that's that extra thousand dollars. That's what the government, that's like the lifeblood of our government. It's steady payments every month. And that's, that's how they budget. That's how they kind of keep the company running. And so the, the whole intent was to keep those paychecks coming in. So when the government, like for an eligible business, you had to, if your revenue declined in the first four weeks of the program, which is like March 15th to April 11th, you needed to show that your revenue declined at least 15% due to COVID-19. And then you would qualify to have a subsidy check sent to you for 75% of the payroll agreement or your payroll expense for that period. And then it was originally set to be 12 weeks long. So then that split into three, four week periods. So it was like March 15th to April 11th and then April 12th to May 9th and then May 9th to June 6th. And they've since expanded that to run to August 29th. And this is, it seems like a very expensive program. Like the government's just sending you checks for as many employees as you have. And it can be, yeah, 847 bucks a week times 12 weeks is like just over 10 grand. So 10 grand per employee. But when you think about it, a lot of that money is going to come right back to the government in, in the form of payroll remittances. And I guess just though all those employees paying their bills and injecting the money back into the economy. It's a big program, um, but I think there's a return on investment out there that the government's banking on, kind of seeing that money come back to them within a year or two. And again, they just borrowed a, a big chunk of money and they'll get it back eventually. I wanted to chime in. So um, part of the eligibility um, with the, with the program, like they give these, uh, here's period one covering a part of March all the way through to a chunk of April. They they made it a little more complicated than they could have, I guess. But um, if you do, there's a lot of calculators out there on lot like um, software and just they, they have their own calculator as you go through the application process to make it as easy as possible. Um, but for most people, if you're running a small business, if you're looking at, hey, am I eligible? Um if you have some form of like a bookkeeping software, something like that, it's, it's, um, they, they've kind of taken, okay, what's your March revenue in 2020 compared to your March revenue in 2019? Did you experience a 15% drop? The following months is a 30% drop if you did, but if you qualify for period one, you automatically continue to qualify through the rest of the period or the rest of the periods. Um, so if you, if you have some, however you're recording your revenue, they don't want you to change how you're doing it. You're not supposed to, um, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm going to stop invoicing. You're, you're supposed to continue with the same way you've always recorded your revenue. And then if you're, if you've got a bookkeeping accounting software you're using, um, or an accountant or a bookkeeper that's doing it for you, you should be able to pull some form of a report to show, okay, what was my March revenue 2020? Let's compare it to 2019. Did I hit that that uh, decrease, the 15% in March? Great. If not, they even opened it up to um, 
cover, okay, say you weren't even in business in 19. So they allowed you to look at what's your average revenue from January and February of 2020 and compare that to March. And if you, if you walk through the, like you can go on to government of Canada's website, CRA's website, and take a look at the, like more specific details of the eligibility criteria, but most small businesses are going to um, gonna tick most of the boxes as long as they have that revenue drop. So just comparing period to period to see if you if you tick all the boxes, um, that's the kind of the main step in, in seeing if you're eligible. And you can also, it can be backdated too. So if you haven't, um, if you haven't already done it, you can still, you can still claim it back to the period when it started. Yeah, and the government does have their calculator, but it is so complex and convoluted, I didn't even understand it. We built our own, which it's available on our website. I think it's way easier to use um, if you're just trying to calculate whether you're eligible and then calculate the actual wage subsidy. Um, There's probably a lot of people that have come out with them now, um, but the government, the CRA one is, is just hard to hard to use. One other thing to note on the wage subsidy, if you don't meet the criteria for the 75% wage subsidy, there is the 10% temporary wage subsidy. This was the first program announced, and then they came out with the Qs, which is the Canadian Emergency Wage Subsidy. That's a 75% um, program. And that, that is the main program. But if you don't qualify for that, you may qualify for the 10% subsidy, which it helps. Like it, yeah, it's not like, don't forget about that. If you don't qualify for the 75% one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll be sure to link that tool below for a business that uses this subsidy. Are there any long-term impacts to consider? There's one, one major one. Um, the subsidy that you receive, that you receive as the, as the, Business, small business, um, that's going to be considered taxable income. So the government, you're calculating this, you're going through the process of, of submitting the application, you get your check, you get your direct deposit from the government. You can't forget that that's going to be, they're going to tax it. So they're going to treat that as normal taxable income for your company or your business or your sole proprietorship. And they're going to, they're going to, tax you on it. So you, you will, it will be treated like normal income. So that's one of the biggest, biggest things to, to remember. Cause it is, it's, it's pretty sizable. Yeah. They'll, they're, they're going to mm-hmm. scrape it back. They're going to take their chunk of tax on it. Okay. Yeah. And they, and they will want to come back and like verify that you actually qualify. So if you required, like they'll want your payroll records for the period that you're claiming, they'll want to see all that. They'll likely want to see some sort of backup to support your drop in revenue, an explanation of how, what was your method of revenue recognition? Was it cash or was it accrual? Um, So basically, was it invoices generated or was it cash deposited? You have to choose one method and stick to it. So I I think they will, they'll be busy auditing, which again is putting people back to work with with the return on investment on it. But yeah, so you just want to make sure you have all all your information documented kind of as you go. You don't want to, because those questions from the government might not come for a year. Like, yeah, it might be next summer or later this fall. And then you have to, you don't want to be relying on memory and 
like shoddy books. So you want to make sure you have your documentation documentation tight right now. Yeah. Before we move on, did you have any other points for that one? Tracking tracking the subsidy calculation per employee. Um, CRA has noted that's going to be important because the T4s um, that end up getting created and given to employees or owners or whoever's being paid a wage, um, that's going to have to be included in the in the T4 to indicate how much of the wage subsidy applied to to that person, that individual. All right. So on to the next program then. So what is the Canada Emergency Business Account? And it says it's interest-free. Are there any considerations a business should be taking when looking into this loan? So SIBA, as people are calling it, it's they say it's a $55 billion program. And the Really, the point is to help small businesses. They want to. They know there's going to be a shortage in cash. They expect, um, obviously, the COVID crisis is is kind of slowing the entire economy as a whole. So, um, here's uh, here's a loan, and it's going to be interest free. It's 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 made. It's it's out there to help small businesses with cover cover normal operating expenses throughout the decline or when you're going to have reduced periods of revenue, maybe you've shut down entirely. Um, so here's a 40,000 up to a $40,000 loan, and it's going to be interest-free up to the end of December, December 31st, 2022. So no interest charge during that period. If repaid, if 75% of it is repaid by December 31st, 2022, 25% will be forgiven. So if you take the full $40,000 loan, you repay 30000 by the end of 2022, 10000 will be forgiven by the government. They're government-backed loans. They're all being administered by the banks, by the individual financial institutions. Um, that's how you kind of go through the application process through your bank. Um, and yeah, it's really if if it's needed, it's it's a really really attractive, um, really attractive lending option. Like you never see, well, obviously interest free loans are not something you're going to stumble across every day. Um, so it's it's definitely something to take a look at if if you need it and it can help you to support those normal everyday operating expenses. You got to pay payroll. You got to pay um, utilities. You got to pay property taxes on your on your um, building if you have one. You've got to pay rent, maybe insurance, um, fuel. Just just getting to and from job sites, possibly. So, like a couple things to be aware with this program. It is great, and it is interest-free money. Is like will help a lot of people, and then that forgivable portion just makes it even that much more attractive. Keep in mind, this is debt to the government. Essentially, like if you default on paying back that thirty grand, like the bank will get paid by the government, and then you owe the government. Which, like, when it comes to like, if you have to go bankrupt and all, like, or just defaulting on loans, creditor protection, like, I'd almost rather be in debt to the bank than the government because you can't really shake off that that debt as easily like it's basically tax debt you can't you can't really run from that um so it is just keep that in mind like i wouldn't take it if you don't plan on being able to like if you know you're not going to be in business i wouldn't take it that's one of the criteria is that you're 
you're going concern and you intend to be in business. So that, that's one area of caution, I guess. And then, yeah, just knowing, like knowing the operating expenses that qualify under this program. So non-deferrable operating expenses, like Curtis listed off, just track it as best you can. Like some people have been, the way it works is you apply to your bank and then your bank deposits the 40 grand. Not everybody gets 40 grand, but um, up to 40 grand into your checking account. And then they set up a term loan or a, a loan on your, like if you log into your online banking, you'll see, oh, there's a $40,000 loan and it's called SIBA. And I guess I would almost move that 40 from your checking account into a savings. And then as you have qualifying expenses, you can make those transfers like to the dollar. So if you have like um, a $3,000 payroll run you have to do, and it's $3,328.19, transfer that exact amount from the savings to the checkings and then run your your payroll. Just so you, you can kind of, you have a paper trail so you know what you actually spend that money on. I don't, nobody knows how, how hard they're going to be on, on the type of expenses, but for the typical like IT consultant or engineering consultant, like these self-employed people, marketing freelancers, when there's not a lot of business expenses, like you have some insurance some bank fees, um, like maybe a little bit of software costs, like 40 grand can be tough for companies like that to um, like to come up with. So pay, like payroll is the big one. If, if you're ever in doubt, like if you're in that situation, you have a corporation, you qualify, but you've always paid yourself dividends. Maybe like if you don't think you can hit that 40,000 in actual operating expenses, if you're not paying rent, um, maybe get yourself on payroll just to be safe. Because you can't use it to pay yourself a dividend. You can't use it to pay pay yourself a bonus. But if you get yourself on regular payroll remittances and you're not, it's not like increasing your own compensation. It's just changing it from dividend to, to payroll. That would be something to consider. But yeah, if you're worried about that, you can always give us a shout. Yeah, be be careful not to, there's a few other things they kind of list out there where it's don't, you can't use it for capital purchases. You want that new truck. You can't go use this $40,000 loan to go get the new truck. You can't pay down existing debt. Um, so just be, be, do, do a little bit of research on like, it's all listed on their website. They give some pretty good examples of what the non-deferrable business expenses are. Um, and they have announced that they're going to, they, they, well, they've made a few statements saying they're going to look into it. They're going to chase this later on down the road, um, to check up on people, but they've given really no guidance on how or what you're going to need to produce or show or track. So, um, Try really um, do your best to like like Matt had mentioned. Try to separate that. Have a separate savings account. Have a separate spreadsheet. You're kind of tracking what you're spending these dollars on. A lot of people have been worried about, well, I'm going to get this loan. It's going to go into my general checking account and it's going to be mixed with everything. How do I? How do I? And we 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 haven't got any guidance on that yet. So um, really, you just want to be comfortable that you could you could support what you've been spending this 40,000 on, um, just so you 
don't have to backtrack in a year and a half when they ask you for some records. Um, they, they also initially a good point to mention here. They initially, uh, had the criteria to be eligible for it based on wages paid. So you needed to have 40,000 between 40,000 to 1.5 million in wage expense to qualify for this. And they quickly realized that this is missing a bunch of people. There's so many small businesses that um, a lot of the ones that we deal with specifically that aren't that big. Maybe they're not paying wages. Maybe their um, their wages was weren't. Maybe they pay themselves a dividend and they have uh, someone else that's working for them that's not making forty thousand dollars. And all of a sudden they just didn't meet the criteria and they they didn't even have access to it. So they've announced. A few changes. They brought that forty thousand down to twenty thousand, and then they also announced a, an entirely different form of eligibility process, um, which they still haven't released as of today's June sixteenth. They still haven't um, fully released how the new application is going to work, but they now include eligible operating expenses between 40,000 to 1.5 million. So even if you were without payroll, you weren't paying anybody a wage, you were paying, um, going back to earlier part of the conversation, say you were paying contractors and your whole business, um, model is, is, um, surrounding paying contractors instead of employees. Um, so if your contractors throughout the last year, 20, they're going to look at 2019 and I think 18 as well. Um, if you have eligible expenses, contractors, regular business expenses of upwards of forty thousand and all the way up to one point five, then you can you can still get access to it. But um, they still have yet to fully release on their website. Even even right now, it still says that they're they're working on releasing this new application for the expanded criteria. And if a business is going to need longer than that December thirty first, twenty twenty two, to repay this, would you suggest they look into a different loan type, or is this still the best option? Yeah. So if they don't pay it back by December thirty first, twenty twenty two, that's fine. They just don't get that twenty five percent forgiven, that up to ten grand. So they don't get that forgiven, and then it converts to a three year term loan at a five percent interest rate. So those are, that's not unreasonable terms by any means. Like prime is what, like three, three something right now. Um, so a lot of businesses will be at like prime plus one, which would be like 4% to change. So 5% interest rate is, is fairly reasonable. It's pretty standard on, on government debt. Um, so to have that, you have another three years to pay that off. I think it's still like, yeah, consider it in your own kind of like financial picture and if it's right for you, but yeah, you do want to look forward, um, which is hard to do these days when you just need the cash. So I think if, you, if anybody qualifies, they're probably just going to apply for it anyways, unless they know they're going to, they're in a safe financial position. Yeah. One, one last thing. Don't, uh, don't think that you can go capitalize on this, pull it out, pay down your line of credit personally, or throw it in an investment account. And, um, December 30th of 2022 comes around, you move it back into the company and repay 30,000 and you're, you're $10,000 up on the government laughing all the way to the bank. Um, 
they're probably going to, well, when they come and ask some questions and want some verification on what's been done with the loan, you're probably not going to tick all their boxes and the CRA agent is, is going to be uh, a little ticked off when he's, when he's reviewing that file. So um, just make sure you, you read through what's, what's eligible and what's not. And um, if it feels wrong, it probably, probably is. But if it, if you need it to support your business and time of like, significant uncertainty then by all means it's a it's a good looking program yeah and like trudeau has been very clear like he he really trusts people and i think if when he finds like he's wanted to like press criminal charges against people abusing these programs and come after them with with like that with a hard hammer and um really make him pay if they're deliberately trying to kind of take advantage or defraud the government. So expect, expect to have questions asked and, um, yeah, just be able to support every application that you make. Cause a lot of these programs are available to multiple people or like one business can do the SIBA loan and the wage subsidy. And when they lay off people that they can't keep on the, on the wage subsidy, those people will be collecting CERB or EI and yeah, you just want to have all your all your ducks in a row for each program. Awesome. So with that, let's move on to the next program then. So what is the Canada Emergency Response Benefit and who is eligible for this? You want to take this, Curtis, or should I? So I can. Um, CERB or CURB, um, tomato, tomato. I, I've been calling it CURB. Other people seem to be calling it CERB. Um, it's it's a taxable benefit of $500 a week, so $2,000 a month, and it's for eligible people. Initially, they announced up to 16 weeks. They've just, as of today, um, June 16th, this morning, they announced, and there we get back to how quickly things change. They announced it's going to be extended another, another eight weeks. So... $2,000 a month, and it's the purpose is really to um, support anyone that has had any kind of financial impact because of the COVID crisis. So if you've been laid off, if you've lost income, if you've had a downturn in income, if, if, if you've been impacted by the financial or by the COVID crisis, then you're going to get financial support. Um, so $2,000 a week, um, either a checks cut or you submit, like when you submit your application online, you can fill out the direct deposit info. So it goes right into your bank account. And then every, every period. So every, they, every four weeks is, is what they call the, uh, another, um, curb period. They'll, um, you go online again and redo the application to say that you qualify again. Um, it's really it's just meant to bridge the gap for anyone that's been affected and, and has a has a loss of income because of how quickly everything changed in the world. So, sorry, I was just going to add. Yeah, this program is just kind of a catch-all for those that do fall fall through the cracks. It's not all that hard to qualify, but you do have to be out of work because of COVID. It, it is meant for people that would normally collect EI, but they either don't qualify because they're self-employed or they're a contractor or something else is going on and so they can't get EI or their EI has been exhausted, then they still have this this funding. And yeah, you have to take advantage of the eight week extension, which takes it from twelve week 
or from 16 weeks to 24 weeks for a total of 12,000 up from 8,000 that was just announced. Um, so to, to take advantage of the extension, you have to have already exhausted your EI. That's one thing that, that just came out. Sorry, Curtis, you go on. Eligibility criteria, if you, if you Google CERB, CURB, um, you'll find it pretty quick on CRA's website. So you have to have earned at least 5,000 of income in, in 2019 to be eligible. You have to um, indicate that you've had a loss of income because of because of the crisis. The eligibility criteria are pretty slim. Um, so if you if you've had a loss in income, you can you can there's there's a few different um, I guess qualifications. If you have if you're earning self-employment income, you can still earn up to a thousand dollars and remain eligible for for curb. But um, yeah, if you if you had at least five thousand of, of income in 2019, uh, employment or dividend income, then and you've lost your your income for that uh, at least a two week period in that in that four weeks, then you're going to be eligible and you'll um, you'll get it. It's a pretty easy application process online. You're really just ticking a ticking a couple boxes to say you're you're eligible. Um, They've got a phone number. You can what is it? One eight three three nine six six two zero nine nine. You can even apply over the phone, um, and it's yeah, it's there for anybody that's that's been at a loss of income. I was just gonna add like it. What will maybe catch some people is if you quit your job, you will not qualify for curb. So you have to have been let go or been out of work because of COVID. So voluntary, like just leaving your job during this time does not mean you'll qualify. So if you've, if you've applied and you're getting these payments, keep in mind, you're probably gonna have to pay them back unless you were out of work because of COVID. <laughs> the other thing, this is, this is going back a couple of months, but in the first like week or the first couple of weeks, there's 11, million applications to start collecting curb and only 7 million of them were unique applications because you can you can apply through service canada and you can apply through the cra just they wanted to make it easy easy to get the money and the government always just as soon as the application was submitted and everything looked good they sent the money like within days like within three days you're getting paid and so there's at least four million of these applying. Yeah, people were getting double payments in that first period, and if they've continued to get the the two grand or five hundred bucks a week, yeah, they're going to have to pay that back, and it's taxable income as well. Um, so we'll get a T four E or some sort of slip um, next year that so needs to be reported on their taxes next year. But yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of people that need to pay back that that eight grand. So it's going to be a fun, fun fall for auditors. So this will be paid back regular tax season next year. The money you collected is taxable. So you will pay tax on it. So like in a normal circumstance, you collected your eight grand. And if you're at like a 25 or 30% tax rate, yeah, you're going to owe two grand, 2,500 bucks in tax on that money. If you collected Double payments, or if you're not qualified, you just have to pay back the, the two thousand bucks, 
And if it was deliberate and they find that you were trying to game the system or take advantage of it, I'm sure there'll be some some penalties and, and interest on that money as well. Yeah, they, they released a statement saying that up to $5,000 of fines and six months in jail time if you're fraudulently trying to play the system and penalties equal to double of what you what you claim fraudulently. So um, they do there if you if at any point you think you don't meet the eligibility requirements and you're still collecting it, you're going to have to send that back. And there's they've they've got um, a few different ways similar to paying your taxes or paying an installment. Um, payment on your taxes, um, either through CRA's My Account, um, online banking, cutting them a check back. You can just you you can send the money back to the government. So there's already ways. If you initially right now, if you're collecting it, and you're like, oh, I forgot to indicate that I'm no longer eligible, and I collected another two thousand, and I've been working for the last two weeks. You got to make sure they're gonna they're going to figure it out. So you're better off sending them back the the 2000 right now and there's already a process to do it so you can go through their website and and pay it back to them right now that's good did you have anything else to mention on that one that program i guess other than like yeah when or like how you'll be taxed on it yeah it'll just be on your personal taxes next year so the tax will be due april 30th if you do owe it april 30th 2021 and they're they're not withholding any tax. You get the full two thousand. So think of it similar to another T four that you that you'd get. Um, it's going to be lumped in with all your other forms of income. You're going to owe tax, but nobody's withholding any tax like a normal T four on that. So there will be tax. It's going to in most situations. Everyone's tax situation is a little different. It's it's going to create some tax owing more than likely. So. Yeah, if you if you if you look at an average, try and figure out your average tax rate. Add on, okay, for every two thousand dollars, twenty five percent of it might be owing back come tax time. So, taxes are due April thirtieth. April thirtieth of twenty twenty one, you're gonna file or you're gonna have your taxes owing, and um, for every two thousand dollars, it could be five hundred has to go back to the government. Those are all the questions I had about the specific programs, but I wanted to ask you guys, you're both big supporters of the local businesses in your area, and I was curious if you had any tips for just supporting our local economy during this time. Oh, it's so easy right now. I think the biggest thing is like how, pay attention to how you're buying stuff. It's so easy to like, oh, you need um, like a new iPhone case or anything. Like it's so easy just to go on Amazon and order it but it's like in calgary we're, we're getting hit by by all sides like oil and gas is down we got and anyways everything's just compounding it's it's tough tough days here for sure and across the country just because of the covid and yeah it rather than just ordering what you need from amazon try to find it locally a lot of these retail stores and shops and just all these companies have really made efforts to go online. So you can guarantee anything you find on Amazon, you can probably find it locally. And Amazon's not the cheapest, it's just the easiest. So it just takes a little bit extra, but it, it means a lot. Like there's a lot of ideas out there, like buy gift cards now to keep your favorite restaurant going or um, your favorite retail shop. Those are a couple things. Yeah, just try to keep the money in your neighborhood 
that'd be my biggest piece of advice to help help the city out. Yeah, spend spend local. A lot of a lot of shops are just reopening now, so um, head out. Um, take take precautions. Head out and spend spend local. Great. Thank you both so much for answering all those questions. Could one of you just chime in on where people can find you online and your locations for if they'd like to chat more? Yeah, sure. So uh, truenorthaccounting.com is our website and we have two locations. We have one in Okotoks and we just opened one in Bridgeland, which is 210 7th Street Northeast, right behind the 7-Eleven. So you can find us there. We're on social media, Instagram, LinkedIn. Twitter, and we've been keeping people up to date on those social channels. Yeah, almost almost daily through this whole thing. So as news comes out, Trudeau says it first, then the news channels pick it up, and it eventually goes to the CRA website. Once it's been like vetted and verified, and all the accurate details <laughs> uh, turn up on the CRA website, and then we try our best to translate it into words that normal people can understand rather than CRA talk. So yeah, we're a good intermediary between like Trudeau's podium explanation um, and the actual how to, how to apply, how it applies to you. Yeah. So you can check out our website. We have a COVID page that is updated regularly and we've done some webinars that you can watch as well. There's, we've got a huge amount of information on our website, and we're, we we focus mainly on small business. We've got we do free consultations, and we've even got a um, quoting tool on our on our website as well. So, um, if you own, operate, run a small business, give us a give us a call, reach out. Perfect. Thank you both so much for joining us again on the Small Business Mastermind. Thank, thanks for having us, Morgan. This is a lot of fun. Thank and you. Yeah. We're happy to provide some knowledge or some. Easy explanations for people. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Small Business Mastermind. I hope this one answered some of the questions you might have around these different programs. I encourage you to reach out to Curtis and Matt at True North Accounting for any further help you need. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast by visiting olympiabenefits.com slash podcast. All right, that's all we have for this episode. I'll be talking to you again very soon.